morning church we're so glad you're here with us this morning that you were able to join us and if you're joining us online we want to welcome you as well um, we're going to start with a song called house of the lord and um, it talks about how there's how, how there's joy in the house of the lord um, but of course for many as many of us know it can be difficult to believe those words sometimes or sing those words when we're going through various storms or difficult times so I just wanted to share a passage just to encourage you this morning. So it says in Psalms um, chapter 30 and verse five, for his anger is but for a moment and his favor is for a lifetime. Weeping may tarry for the night, but joy comes with the morning. And so it doesn't say that there won't be weeping, that there won't be storms, but that, that weeping and um, those hard times that we may go through that they won't last forever and that that weeping that we may experience will be met with joy and that joy is found only in Jesus and so just be encouraged this morning that whatever it is you may be going through whatever it is you're facing there is joy to be found in the midst even of your storm uh, so why don't you sing with the, or why don't you stand with us and sing with us um, as we just worship uh, through song this morning God who is 
Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Psalmist says, Oh, give thanks to the Lord. Call upon his name. Make known his deeds among the peoples. Sing to him, sing praises to him. Tell of all his wonderful works. Glory to his holy name. Let the hearts of those that seek him seek the Lord and his strength. Seek his presence continually. God is good. In church, there's a time that we do go through difficulties and challenges. But we need to remember what the Lord's done. We need to remember who he is. Because he is the same God yesterday, today, and forever. And the same God that called you, that revealed himself to you, that revealed his love for you, is the same God that stands with you today. No matter where you are, he is with you. And he is almighty. Amen. He is able to do more than we can imagine. Seek him. So the psalmist says, seek him continually. I love it. I know I say it a lot. James 4, draw near to God. And he will draw near to you. I know there's days I need him more. Well, we all need him more and more, but draw near to him. Draw near to him. If you're hurting and need, whether you're here in the room, you're online, or you'll be listening to this later on, if you're, if you're hurting, draw near to him. And let his holy presence rest upon you. Let it strengthen you. Let it heal you. Let it restore you. Let it lift you up huh, into his loving presence. Our Heavenly Father, I pray right now, God, that, God, that you would arise within us like never before. I pray that 2024 will be a year of, of faith and rejoicing, a, a year where Heartland just stands in, God, what you've done and who you are, but, God, what you are going to do. And, God, we put our faith and our trust in you. Help us to rise in that faith. And, God, you've brought us here individually, as families, as a, as a church to this place. God, for for your purpose, for your glory, that your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. God, you know us today and the needs that we have. God, we lift them to you. God, we pray that you would move by your spirit, bring healing and strength, comfort and peace. That doors that seem closed, God, you can open. Or God, make a whole new door and that you would lead us and guide us for your glory and for your honor. We pray this in Jesus' name. 
Amen. 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 God is, God is good. God is good. I just, I just love coming together and worship. I love to worship, but I'll tell you it's better. I sound better with all of you singing. Let me tell you, with all of you singing. And um, I, it just lifts, just lifts me as we draw near to him. Greet one another, would you? Tell someone on this cold day that God is good. Amen. God is good. Amen. Amen. I just have a few announcements I just want to bring to your attention. Again, we want to welcome you if you are near, new to Heartland, if you're visiting today, or if you've come a couple times and have never filled out a communication card, you should find in one of the seats ahead of you, in front of you, a communication card. If you take a, a couple minutes and fill that out and take it to guest services after the service, we just have a Tim's card just to say thank you for being with us, and uh, we just pray that you feel God's love and God's presence. Um, our Brochures for our winter semester for small groups are out. We have a few at the back. If you're not in a small group and you would be interested, so this brochure talks a little bit about small groups and then has all the different small groups that we have and um, uh, when they're starting that information. And if you would be interested in joining a small group and we really want to encourage you to do that, please pick up one of those. And you can give us a call at the office. You can email me. And if there's one you're interested in, I'll make that connection for you. And uh, just hopefully you'll get connected. It takes a while, so if you're new, and you're going to start into a new group. It might take a, a few weeks to feel comfortable, but I'll tell you, our, our people are friendly, right? And most of them eat, so that really helps. And it's a great time to get together to study God's Word and to also build some relationships as well. So we encourage you to do that. Any other information I can help you with, please let me know. Uh, Young Adults is starting tonight uh, at 7 p.m. This is their first one back into the new year, and so we invite you to be out here tonight at 7 p.m. here in the church foyer. Uh, also, free the election, no, free electronic recycling fundraiser. Okay, nothing about elections, sorry. Uh, my bifocals, and they weren't quite lined up, so... Let me read this. So, on Saturday, February 3rd at 9 a.m. until 4 p.m. here at Heartland, um, you've received a flyer, or you should have, or you could, uh, as you came into the service today. Um, and this will have all the information on it and about what it's all about. There are more um, guest services if you want to pick those up and give those to other ones. So, please pass these out. Uh, and invite your neighbors and friends to be a part of this. At the, at the event, you can drive up and we will take out uh, of your vehicle uh, your electronic devices, those things that you donate and put them into their, uh, the containers. Uh, if you have anything smaller than a 24-inch TV um, and uh, you, would like, you can't make it on the third and you'd like to bring it in, you can do that. Now, just notice, we don't have a lot of room, so it's the small things that we can take. We'll make a pile here, but we want to make sure that you can all uh, be a part of this. No large items, okay, or larger than that, uh, just because of uh, space and room. And also because I'll have to move them out, Leanne will make me, so just the small things, all right? 
Uh, we need volunteers throughout the day on that day. Uh, if you can help uh, for a day or even a few hours, uh, please sign up at guest services. I'm going to invite John. He's going to come make a, give us an update. Uh, Pastor also talked about a family night coming up on the Friday night, the end of the month. He'll be mentioning more about that uh, later on. But there is a sign-up list at guest services, and we invite you to be a part of this special new event that we're doing. And... John's got an update for us. Good morning. Um, so I'm here to do a bit of an update. Give me a good thing to write, of course. I'm going to do some good jokes, but I'm going to be a bit more serious today. So I, I haven't turned into a grumpy old man, but we're talking about the finances. And um, at first I wanted to come up and speak, and then on Friday I just just wasn't feeling it. I tried to weasel out, but uh, as the Fez said, you have to come on. <laughs> and the reason I wasn't feeling it is because I wasn't sure what to say. Um, because we did get the results, and that was the main reason I wanted to talk about. So we will talk about that in a second, but I just wasn't sure where the church is at. And then I thought about my tooth. I was blessed to be on vacation over the holidays. And then all of a sudden, in Savannah, Georgia, of all places, I started to get this toothache. And I decided, I'm not going to do anything about this. So I endured, and we had a good vacation. Then I came back this week, and it was getting worse. And I thought, I'm too busy. I'm not going to deal with this. But it's still there, and it still festers. And so I kind of, there's something with our finances that we need to deal with. And so... Ha, it's already up there. <laughs> so we've been talking uh, about the general budget. And you can see, we didn't quite, in December, we did great. So we got all the money. Oh, yeah, okay, sorry. What do you think? I'm not as smart as Pastor Guys. Okay, so uh, you can see we met our December budget. But the problem was we had a shortfall from the previous years. And so we got about half of that. So that's great. Um, so we still have a shortfall of 32,000. And I was sort of feeling good as you go to the next slide, because one of the new things that we have is rental income. And the rental income over, almost covered the general giving. So I thought that was okay. I was really excited about the missions giving, and we've talked about that. So it's kind of a mixed bag. So the word that kept coming to me was, it's okay, but at Heartland, I don't think okay is good enough. And then I looked at the balance sheet, and this is the part that I don't have the slides. So we're at the point now where we're covering our operations, including $200,000 in interest. But the problem is that we have to pay 130000 in debt, and we're not covering that yet. So that's kind of the challenge for 2024. I don't want to be a downer here. I'm glad the musicians are still here. But we need to pray for that and work through that because the other problem is that our ministries are strained and we really want to be able to move forward. So that's kind of the challenge for this year. Uh, and let me tell you as a financial person, uh, we love to give good news because sometimes we get blamed for the bad news. But uh, and I'm glad with these musicians here because some of them have been through the trenches with me and they, they can testify 
how we face bigger challenges and the Lord work through them. So that's our challenge for the new year. So, so I think Pastor Kevin's prayer kind of fit in with that. And let's, let's work to that. Now, one last thing about the budgets. Uh, I'm blessed to work with Paul Appoint, our, our treasurer. And uh, the thing I like the best about him is he's very straightforward. He doesn't play games. <laughs> he says what he means and means what he says. So when we give you a budget target, that's kind of the minimum that we need. It's not aspirational. It's not, well, if you get 90 out of 100, we're, we're okay. We, we got to meet that budget every month, and now we got to start dealing with the debt. So that's where we're at, and we're going to do it. Amen. Well, on that note, I'm going to call the ushers forward to take up the offering. <laughs> As they come, just one more announcement. Uh, again, if you're new to Heartland, we have our uh, newcomers lunch coming up on Sunday, February the 11th. If you are new to Heartland, we would like to invite you to join us, the staff, uh, for a delicious lunch after the service. This is an opportunity to get to know the staff in a smaller setting. Uh, to hear about Heartland and its different ministries. Uh, please sign up at Guest Services or RSVP to connect at a churchconnected.ca. It's a great time together. It's a great time to kind of meet, and uh, it is a great lunch. So if you're new to Heartland and you haven't been to a lunch, um, this is a great opportunity just to kind of uh, connect in a little bit of a smaller way. So we invite you to do that. If you forgot anything I said or would like to make sure you get our weekly news email, then please uh, email connect at a churchconnected.ca, and we'll make sure that you get that. There are many ways to give at Heartland. We do want to thank you. And as John said, we just continue to pray that uh, that, will, that will increase so that we can continue to do the work that God has called us here to do. Let's pray. Our Heavenly Father, we thank you, God, for your many blessings. Lord, uh, you've given us more, than, more than, than we could ever pay back. And talking about our relationship with you, our salvation, that is eternal with you. But God, you know our needs, you know our situation, and God, we just pray that you would use it. We speak blessing, and we pray, God, over this offering and the offerings that, give, that are given, that God, you would use them and bless them for your glory. We pray in Jesus' name, amen.
Amen. Father, as we open your word, we just pray for your blessing over everyone here and watching online. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Children, you can go ahead off to your classes, your Sunday school classes. Well, good morning, everybody. If I haven't already said it to you, Happy New Year. Can you believe it's 2024? No? Are you still living in 1994? No? Well, if you're watching online, too many people nodded to that. Anyway, Happy New Year. Uh, you know, it's a new year. It's a new day. And God is good. He was good to you last year, too. You know that, right? He's been good to you since before you even had a thought. He is good, and, and I just believe He's going to continue to be good to you, to, over your home, your family, your loved ones, and our church. And, and really, the challenge for us is to keep our eyes fixed on Him. There's so much happening, isn't there, to the left and to the right? And yet, here is the Lord calling us forward no matter what. And, uh, and so, th- today, we're starting a new series called Believing for More in 2024. How many people here want to believe for more in 2024? You want to believe for more over your homes, over your family, over your small group, over your church, over your loved ones, over your kids, over your spouse? You, just, you want to believe for more blessing, more of God's presence, more of His mercy, more of His grace. And even as a church, we want to believe for more. We, we, I mean, we're not done yet, are we? Like, have we all of a sudden arrived and that's it, we're done, we can just pack it in and, and say, well, that, that was great, I think I'll take a really long nap now for 30, 40 years. No, of course not. We're believing God for more. And so we're starting a series today, uh, it'll be for four weeks, including today. In this series, we're just going to talk a little bit about what God has in store for us. In this series, we'll take a, a biblical look at, at, a, at a couple of statements that I'm going to share with you, and, and in this series, we're going to... We're going to praise the Lord. We're going to learn about the scriptures. We're going to take a brief look back and say, thank you, Jesus, for all you've done. And additionally, we'll take a brief look forward, believing that God is going to continue to bless and continue to move in our midst. And so uh, in this series, we're not reinventing the wheel. If you're a regular, you would know this. If you're a visitor or you're, you've come out a couple of Sundays, you would know that as a church, we have a mission and a vision statement. So Maybe, have anyone seen our vision statement before? Anyone remember it? A few of you, that's good. Well, here's our, here's our mission statement. To be a vibrant, diverse, Christ-centered, uh, Christ-centered family committed to serving people with excellence, responding to their needs, introducing them to a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. So crucial. We are not a community club or a Kiwanis club, although we give God praise for those things. We are a church, and we have a biblical mandate to tell people that Jesus loves them no matter what. And ultimately, mobilizing them to bear spiritual fruit. Because you're not an accident. God put you on this rock for a reason, for His reasons. And even if it takes you the rest of your life, you owe it to yourself to to find those reasons, to live in them, and to walk in them. And so, in addition to our mission statement, we have what we call a vision statement, which is a bit of a how. how. How do we do that? Well, this is our vision statement. This is our next slide there. 
to be passionately connected to God through Christ, each other, our community, and our world. And so you'll see in that statement, we're really passionate about connecting. We are passionate about connecting to Christ. We're passionate. We are, we're sold out to this idea of introducing or connecting people to Jesus. It's all about Jesus. Now, when you look at that mission and vision statement, you go, well, what makes us unique? I mean, there's a lot of different ways to do church. Did you know that? There's, I mean, what's that old saying? There's a lot of different ways to skin a, I've never done it, skin a cat, never, I never hope to. Or there, there's a lot of different ways to cut a pie or a cake and whatnot. But what makes our approach unique? What makes us unique as a church as we endeavor to follow all that God has in store for us? And so that's typically where uh, many organizations and churches as well talk a little bit about their core values. What are we going to value on this journey towards all those things that we believe God just has in store for us. And here are our core values. We value being a multi-generational and multicultural community. If you've ever been to any of our functions, you will see foods from all over the world. In fact, oftentimes we have uh, things set up in the gymnasium. We'll have like the names of countries and whatnot. And, and you can go around and you can sample food from Canada and England and India and the Caribbean and parts of Africa, all over over the place, and so it's a real blessing. Uh, we value being a uh, we value community and global outreach and engagement. We value the power of the Holy Spirit to change a life. We value inspiring biblical preaching and teaching, a caring and welcoming environment, and corporate prayer and worship. We value these things, and really, it just goes back to what the Scriptures teach us: to go and to to know God and to make him known in your own unique way. And so as I was praying over these mission, vision, and core values, as I was talking to many of you, our small group leaders and our staff, I was praying, well, Lord, you know, give us a bit of a North Star. What should we kind of focus on for our ministry for 2024? Out of all the things we could be focusing on, and believe me, I mean, you would know, there is so much you could focus on. But I said, Lord, you know, in light of our mission, vision, and core values, in light of where our small groups are at, in light of what our ministries are doing, in light of the things that we're passionate about, in light of the doors that you're opening for us, what are some of those things that you would like us to, to focus on, to be a bit of a north star for us? And so I, I, I prayed, we talked, we discussed, and we came up with these four statements. And each of these statements will be a, a message in this series. We'll talk about this one today, so I won't go into great detail, but we just want to be a caring church in a world of hurt. It, it is a painful world. There is suffering and loneliness, and, and maybe you're in a position where you're like, well, Pastor, I don't, know, I don't know if I believe that. I'm doing fine. I'm so happy you're doing fine. Honestly, I, I'm happy you're blessed. But for many others, there's relational challenges, financial challenges, health challenges, loneliness challenges, and, and, and maybe God as a church has called us to not you know, help everybody, but, but to be a blessing to somebody. Do we want to be a reaching church in a lost world? You know, the picture that comes to mind is a, a lifeguard just reaching in, just picking somebody up. God has given me the privilege, my wife's back there, uh, given me the privilege of saving a, a, a drowning family member, a drowning child. And, you know, I just kind of, you just, you don't think, right? You leap right in and you just kind of lift up and then you start all the other stuff. And, uh, and, you know, it you, you doesn't matter what the context is, you got to go. You have to reach, right? I mean, th th there, there are people who, who believe, as someone who didn't grow up in church, I, I, I can tell you, 
there are people who are waiting to hear the good news of Jesus. They, they, they're, they're longing to hear that, that their, their past can be forgiven. They're longing to hear that despite what they've done or maybe even what was done to them, that there is a beautiful plan and a beautiful purpose to their lives that, that God knit them together in their mother's womb and, and that there's value and that there's beauty in them. But how are they going to know if you don't reach and if you don't go? And so we'll talk about that. Uh, we want to be an empowered church in a dark world. Um, this is, I have the word dark world in quotation marks because it's not exactly what you might think. Oftentimes in church, when we think about the work of the cross, I think it's because of our individualistic culture, we only ever see the cross through the lens of just me. You know, when we think of the cross of Christ, we think, well, it's what Jesus did for me. It's what he has in store for me. It's his plans for me. And, and that's fine, and that's all true. But the work of the cross is also a victory over the enemy, a victory over the evil one. And we are not just called to walk in personal forgiveness for our sins, but we're called to walk in that broader victory. We take that victory into every lost context we go into. We take that victory into every home we walk into. We take that victory back into our own homes. And, and we have been called by God to walk and to be empowered by His Holy Spirit to walk in that victory. There's a great uh, quote by uh, an African missionary by the name of Reinhard Bonnke who said, the less Holy Spirit you have, the more cake and coffee you'll need. Do you want to be a cake and coffee church or do you want to be a Holy Spirit church? Oh, that sucked. You want to be a cake and coffee church or a Holy Spirit church? Amen. Amen. And so uh, we want, look, and at the end of the day, it's not in our own strength. How could it be? It's really in my weakness that his power is made perfect. Amen. And so, uh, yeah, amen, amen, amen. If you're watching online, people are excited. And we want to be a Bible-focused church in a shifting culture. I tell you, it's a... The, the, the sands of culture keep shifting, and yet God is still the same, amen? And, and, and we want to know what His truths are, so with love and grace and kindness and truth, we can speak to the culture, and, and, and not so much say, well, thou art wrong, but to say, look, He is life, amen? amen. His, his life, His truth it gives us what, you know, it's that God-shaped hole in our hearts. And so, but we're going to start with God calling us to be a caring church. And I've noticed something in our world about, you know, caring and welcoming and communities and whatnot. Maybe you've noticed it too. But boy, is it getting easier to only care about your tribe, <laughs> whatever your tribe may be. Like, it is getting easier and easier, even for me, to say, well, I, I only care about the people in my tribe, in my circle. Maybe your tribe is a cultural tribe. And, well, and, and, and it's not that you don't care about everybody, but it's just getting easier to say, well, I only care about people who look like me and smell like me and talk like me and dress like me and have an accent like me. And look, I, I love all that about you, but isn't it, doesn't it feel like it's getting easier to say, well, I'm only really caring for the birds of my feather that flock together. It, it, it almost seems like there, there are, are new tribes popping up and old tribes being overemphasized. Uh, here, here's another tribe. We won't go into great detail because it, it'll just kind of, there'll be tomatoes and vegetables flying everywhere. Like your political tribe. Oh, like it, it used to be, it didn't matter who you vote for. You still got invited to the neighborhood block party. 
And now, now you know, if that all kind of gets out, everybody kind of gets all, ooh, come undone. And, and, and it's, not the, it's not to devalue anybody's political opinion. I mean, I'm, sh- I'm sure you've got good reasons for that. But going back to that statement, doesn't it feel like it's getting just too easy to only care about your tribe and the people who share your opinions and the people who share your thoughts and your views and your worldviews and your values? And, and the challenge with this statement is that God has asked us to care about and to welcome everybody. Amen? Amen? Everybody. One, two, three, four. We got politicians in the crowd. No, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. But, does, but as followers of Christ, we do not welcome based on your political preference. We do not welcome based on your culture. We do not welcome based on what kind of food you like or don't like. We don't welcome based on how you dress, just so long as you do dress, right? No shirt, no shoes, no service, right? We, 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 don't, we don't base our welcome on these things. That in Christ, in Scripture, we actually believe that there is no, as the Scripture says, no Jew, no Gentile, no slave, no free, that we are all equal in Him. And so we welcome Regardless of background, regardless of even creed, our welcome isn't based on, do you believe the things I believe? I mean, you think of even the life of Jesus. He came to people who did not believe. There's another tribe, even a faith tribe, which I'm, I'm happy and excited to be a part of God's family. But he has put in us this desire to see that family expanded, that more might come to know his loving kindness, his mercy, his grace, even his strength. And by everyone, I have that in quotation because I don't mean that numerically. I mean, my house is only so big, as I'm sure yours is as well. But philosophically, Christ died for sinners like me. And it didn't matter to him what I had done, where I had come from. And he sees my beginning and my end. He already knows all the ways in which I'm going to let him down. And he still died for me. He still died for your neighbor. Amen. He still died for your loved one. He still died for your prodigal son, daughter, brother, sister, aunt, uncle, grandma, grandpa. He still died for them. And so that same God has called us to have a heart, a life, a home even that's truly open. So today we're going to open up the Word of God and we'll share a couple of scriptures and we'll just share what those scriptures mean. We'll we'll just thank the Lord for what He has been doing in our midst and and we'll take a brief look forward. And and then at the end of it all, we'll we'll answer the why question. And and if you can remember that outline, that's great. If not, don't worry, we'll we'll track forward anyway. We're going to read from three scriptures today. One is found in Romans, one is found in the Gospel of Matthew, and one is found in Hebrews. And this is what Romans says, starting in chapter 15, and we'll just read a couple of verses. This is the Apostle Paul speaking. And he writes, may the God of endurance and encouragement grant you to live in such harmony with one another in accord with Christ Jesus. Now, what's interesting about this verse is that normally when people talk about endurance, they do so from the standpoint of personal gain. Like you endure to get what you want. 
you endure to get the thing that you're enduring for. So maybe you're enduring through the hassle of starting a business, but you're enduring for yourself, for your income, your bank account. It's January, right? So maybe you've got a gym membership. Anybody do that? Nobody wants to admit it. That's totally cool. But, but again, you go, you get up early, and you endure. But really, that's for you. It's for you. Per and again, it's not that those things are wrong, but when we talk about endurance, we tend to talk about it from a, from a personal standpoint. But here, the God of endurance, the God who wants to encourage you in that endurance, he does so. Why? To live in such harmony with one, uh, with one another in accord with Christ Jesus. Well, why? That together, just the next verse there, that together you may with one voice glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, welcome one another as Christ has welcomed you for the glory of God. So together with how many voices? Two voices? Three? Four voices? The most dangerous number in the family of God is two. When any church becomes two voices, three voices, four voices, how will they ever experience more of what God has in store? The number is very clear. One voice. This isn't in the notes there, Josh, but maybe this is something for you to take home. Is your voice coming behind that one voice, or are you a voice that is speaking against what the Spirit is doing? The most dangerous number in a church context is two. It is as we are one, where God blesses and opens up the floodgates of heaven. So welcome one another, as Christ has welcomed you, not for anybody else's glory, but for His glory alone. Verse 8 goes on to say, for I tell you that Christ became a servant to the circumcised. That's a, a kind of a Paul's way of saying to Jewish people to show God's truthfulness in order to confirm the promises given to the patriarchs, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and in order that the Gentiles might glorify God for His mercy. That as you worship together in one accord, these Gentiles, again, Paul's way of saying people who are outside the Jewish community, outside the family of faith, they're not in yet that they might glorify, that they might come in, but they're not going to come in because you've got a great stone tablet website. They're not going to come in because uh, the, the lights are great or the, the chairs are soft and we pray all that stuff keeps working, but, but they'll come in because there's such harmony. They'll come in because there's one voice. It's the one voice that's attracting. It's the, it's, it's the harmony that attracts people to the community. Amen? Amen, amen. Now, what does the welcoming look like? Well, here's a brief picture in the Gospel of Matthew. Or do we have another verse to read over here? Oh, here we go. For I was hungry, and you gave me food. I was thirsty, and you gave me drink. I was a stranger, and you welcomed me. And Jesus said, whatever you did for the least of these, you did for me. The, the care you displayed to those the world had forgotten about, it's as if you were doing it for me. This welcoming wasn't a way to earn what God had given them, but it was just an overflow of the fact that God was changing their 
hearts. Now, there's one more verse we're going to read, and, and we're going to really touch base on this towards the end of our message, and it kind of answers the why question, but maybe not in the way you think, and we'll, and we'll get to that. Hebrews says, chapter 13, verse 2, do not neglect to show hospitality, to welcome people, specifically into your own homes, to strangers, for thereby some have entertained angels unawares, that by opening the door, you might even be opening the door to an angel. Now, we'll talk a little bit about what that means uh, in just a few moments. Now, if I could bottom line this message, I love doing this. If I could bottom line it and to say, well, pastor, so what are you trying to say? Like, what, what, what's, what's the big takeaway for today? Here it is. The message in one sentence, when we care to care, we will experience more in 2024. When you care to care, you will experience more in 2024. When you care to care, God will open up the floodgates of heaven over your life in ways you could not even possibly conceive. But the catch is, do you care to care? And I don't know if you've noticed, but in our world, in our culture, it is getting harder to care, but don't misconstrue what that might mean for you. Because when you hear, well, it's getting harder to care, you might think, oh, yeah, like people are real jerks. I mean, I drive down the 410 and I think nobody cares about me and my little little putt, 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 and they're honking at me and blah, blah. And maybe that means that to you, but I mean it a little bit differently. I think in part, it's getting harder to care because we live in such a noisy world. Like it is, it is noisy. Everywhere I go, everywhere I look, every screen I turn on, someone is trying to sell me something. Someone is trying to convince me that I'm wrong about something or right about something. Everywhere I go, every, again, every screen I turn on, everyone's trying to get me to pick a side, either uh, a side between a conflict between two celebrities or two musicians or two political parties or two countries. And I'm sure each of those conflicts is important in its own context. But everywhere I go, it just seems like I'm being forced to take a side. I'm being, I'm being forced to take all this information in. Like it used to be that you never really knew what was happening on the other side of the world. You just kind of woke up and they had these things and they would drop them off at your door. And they were sometimes rolled up. A newspaper. That's, and that's why, anyone remember that? And it was like, be honest, how many of you just leave it rolled up and throw it straight in the recycling bin? Oh. And, and then you go to your phone and you wonder, well, what's going on in the world? You know, I know what's happening. I can just go to Google Earth. I can see it in real time. And look, it, it is a blessing to be so well connected. A technology can be a blessing. Don't, don't get me wrong. But it just seems like there's just so much coming in at us like never before. It's so much to absorb. And in addition to, you know, the, the stuff people are trying to sell you, the worldview that people are trying to convince you of. And so when I say it's getting harder to care, I, I, I think that for some, apathy is almost a coping mechanism. It, it, there's just so much. And I would dare say that this may be some, the reason why some of us are so tired. You're not tired because you don't, you know, you don't love your kids or, or you don't love your work or you're just some horrible person. You're tired because there's just so much to take in. And you're like, man, like, it's like drinking from a fire hydrant. Well, if you've ever tried that in real life, if that water hits you long enough, your face just gets numb. <laughs> I've tried it, so <laughs> I know, I know. 
But that's what happens. It's just so much to take in. And it's such a noisy world. And so in that kind of a world, it can feel easier not to feel. But that is the very opposite of what God has called us to. He has not called us to be apathetic Christians walking through life. He's called us to be men and women, both of strength, but of compassion and care and concern. People who are ready, willing, and able to invite others into our homes, our lives, our churches, our groups, our whatever. And it is hard. Like, it, honestly, it is hard. When it's so much easier to feel nothing, when it's so much easier to ignore, it is hard. And I think that's part of the reason why Paul said in Romans, for the God of may the God of endurance and encouragement grant you. May he give you the, the endurance you need. May you be encouraged in that endurance to keep living in harmony, to keep living in unity, to keep welcoming and inviting and caring, to never lose the compassion that Christ showed you. But it's hard. Like, it, it's, it is hard to live in harmony with people you disagree with. Anyone ever try, anyone try that? Do you, do you work with people you disagree with? Are you related to anybody you disagree with? Yeah? Are you married? No, maybe we won't go there. We won't, we won't go there. We won't go there. But, but notice what Jesus said. It, it's in accord with Christ Jesus. It's for His glory. That means... Harmony may take a lot out of me, but that's okay because it's not about me. It's never been about me. It's always been about Him. Harmony will take humility. In fact, one voice is really the evidence of a humble community. Two voices is the evidence of pride starting to fester. Well, how do you beat that with endurance and encouragement? Now, there is an added challenge. Yes, it might be getting harder to care, not because we're horrible people. It's just it's a noisy world. Uh, I think it's also challenging because how do you care if you don't notice? Now, I'm going to share a story with you. And... I'm, I'm imploring you not to judge me, okay? It's, it's probably one of the most embarrassing stories of my life. Um, I, I'm so disappointed, actually, in myself. I mean, I, I guess I had good reasons, but when you'll hear the story, you'll go, uh, uh, uh. And so anyway, I was about 15 or 16, so that's kind of, you know, first caveat. And uh, I, I would have to take the city bus to and from school back home. Anyone take the city bus or did high school? Yeah, a couple of people, yeah, normal. Yeah, and the whole idea of getting the student bus pass, like, wow, was that ever hard? And so anyway, I, you know, and depending on where you were, sometimes the bus would pass you by because, you know, students were up the road and the bus is packed and oh, it's horrible. So I remember I bought this Walkman with a CD. Anyone remember those? That's right, and there was a wire 
No Bluetooth. It was a wire. Yeah, that's right. Yes. And there was no noise cancellation, so you could barely even hear it. But anyway, so I'm leaning on the pole, and I've got my Walkman. I'm listening away. Probably it was Foo Fighters. And, uh, and I'm looking up the road because all I want to do is go home. That's all I want to do. It's been a long day. I'm at the bus stop. The bu first bus has already gone by. It was an articulated bus, jam-packed with students. And so I'm just waiting. I'm, I'm looking up the road. I've got my music going. And I just, I, I'm not paying attention to anything. All I'm doing is waiting for that bus to come. And so all these cars are driving by. And, and they're driving by like this. So there's two lanes. And they're like, and I'm thinking to myself, like, well, I've leaned on this pole for like three years. Like, why? Like, like you know, like, what's going on here? And so one car goes by, then he stops. And I'm thinking, like, okay, well, like, I guess we're going to have a fight now. Like, I mean, you know, it's a high school mindset, right? And so this gentleman gets out. And what I didn't see was that there was an elderly woman with a walker who had crossed the street but had fallen. And so her legs were on the road. And her body was on the little, little boulevard where the patch of grass was. And for easily, I guess, five, six minutes, she had just been there struggling, calling out for help. But between the cars and me, again, no noise canceled, just blaring my music, I was totally oblivious. And so this gentleman helped her up, and he gave me, like, the nastiest stare. And, like, that's, I mean, like, it's kind of funny, but, like, it, it pierced pretty deep. Like, it, it, it pierced pretty deep. And I remember, and I, I mean, obviously, I'm going to sermonize this. You're going to get the sermon quote in a second. But like as a 15, 16-year-old, I'm thinking like, man, like, what was I thinking? And I didn't tell my parents. I was just so embarrassed. And I remember thinking to myself, never having answered the question, because again, I wasn't sermonizing my, my, you know, my thoughts as a child. Like, how did I, how did I miss that? And the answer was just, you know, kind of embarrassingly obvious. I was so fixated on where I wanted to be, I couldn't see the need around me. Because it's hard to care if you don't notice, right? And while I've gotten a little more mature, a little more wiser, I've still got a lot of faults and flaws, I'm not perfect, but doing that today isn't necessarily easier. I mean, how many people do we know? How many parents do we know? Maybe you're one of them. And you're fixated on providing a certain kind of life for your husband, your wife, your family, but, but you're ignoring the needs along the way, the need for relationship and friendship. How many people do we know? And again, maybe you're one of them, and you're just fixated on your business. You're fixated on your education. You're fixated on succeeding. You're fixated on, on getting that income, whatever you think you deserve. And I, I hope you get it. Don't get me wrong. But you're fixated, but, then, but you've forgotten about all the people who sacrificed along the way to get you there. And at least for me, I was so fixated on where I wanted to be, I missed the need around me. And, and kind of keeping this thought in mind, that helped me better understand what Jesus was saying. When you saw me hungry, you fed me. When you saw me thirsty, you gave drink to me. And then to the other group, he said something very opposite. He said, well, I was hungry, and you gave me no food. I, I was thirsty, 
and you gave me no drink. I was a stranger, and you did not welcome me. Naked, and you did not clothe me. Sick and in prison, and you did not visit me. And then this group of people responded saying, in the next verse, then they will also answer saying, Lord, when did we see you? Hungry or thirsty or a stranger. Now, to clarify, these people were not physically blind. But they missed it. They were too busy seeing what they wanted instead of what the Lord had in store for them to do. Because how do you care if you miss it? Now, I, I want to encourage you with something, though. I've been here uh, three year and a bit years, one of them online, the rest in person. And, but, you know, the little that I've seen, and, I, and I'm praying to see even more, but the little that I've seen, I can tell you this is, a, this is a seeking church, a church that seeks out opportunities to welcome people into the family. Like, that is something we just exude in in, in uh and just in so many ways, I was thinking, I made a small list of all the things, not all, well, I made a big list, but then I made it the smallest, just of some of the things we did last year. And these are things we're going to do again this year. But like we have actually welcomed missionaries from all over the world, whether it's our Missions Connection Sundays or the various missions conferences that we've hosted for other organizations. Like, like the conversations that I'm having now with uh, the CEOs of, of organizations saying, hey, does Heartland want to be a bigger part of these things? And I thought, wow, like that is such a cool conversation to be a part of simply because we kept opening our door to various organizations to bless them and host them. We, on a routine basis, welcome anywhere from 15 to 30 to 40 young people who play basketball here every Thursday night. I tried playing one time. I nearly died. They're really good and they're really young. <laughs> but it's beautiful. They just come and they love it. They absolutely love it. We've hosted cultural celebrations and piano recitals. We even had Indian Idol here a couple of months ago. We've, we've had sports outreaches. We've had a youth and young adult soccer outreach. And we've had a volleyball outreach. No, soccer, basketball. They're planning a volleyball outreach in a couple of months. We've had people over, struggling families for a Christmas dinner where we fed them and we blessed them with presents for them and their families. We've not only, uh, you joked about elections, it's kind of funny, I got a call from Elections Canada saying, hey, can you guys, can you guys host the federal elections for us? Not, not that there's going to be one this year, so if you, you read tea leaves or you gamble, please do not take any stock of my words, except that they want, they, want, uh, they want to come here again. And that's just the tip of the iceberg. When I hear the stories of what you have done and the ways you and your groups have been inviting people into your homes, inviting people into this church, in many ways we are a seeking church in that we seek opportunities to bring people in, to show the love of Christ in a way that's tangible and real, regardless of creed, color, or background, because we just love them, because they're a child of God. And so all that and so much more, we're going to keep doing in 2024, but there's two things we want to focus on. One we're bringing back and one's a little bit new. One is our summer day camp. We, from about the end of July, end of June, beginning of July to the end of August, we have children, some of our kids too, mine as well, but even from our community, and they come and they are here Monday to Friday, all day, five days a week for pretty well the whole summer. And we know they're here because we hear them. And they're loud, 
They, they make some mess, but you know what? They have an absolute blast. And it's not just the, the young ones who are so blessed by the ministry. It's the parents. The parents are so thankful. Uh, we, we, we also do a, a before work, after work program. And so if you've got to get somewhere, you can drop your young one off a little bit earlier and or pick them up a little bit later. And it's such a blessing. But we do it a little bit differently. We don't typically charge the same rates as, as normal day camps. Uh, I was Googling how much day camps go for, and my jaw just about hit my keyboard. Like, like I got a couple of mums, like, yeah, like my jaw just about hit my keyboard. And, and truth be told, in order for us to kind of break even, we probably need to charge $400 plus per kid, e e starting easily. But we thought, man, if you start going that high, you really limit who you can reach. And so church, we want to do this again, but our ability to do it well and to reach people of all economic backgrounds is going to depend on your faithful giving. Amen? Amen. You're, you're, and and, and I, I say that unashamedly, and here's why. I've been on the other side of, of the faithfulness of your time, talent, and treasure. I've seen, I've seen the child that's been saved. I've seen the family that started to come to church. I've seen the home that's experienced the peace and the love and the grace of God. And so I say unashamedly, our ability to continue to do this will really depend on your faithful giving. We also want to start a Heartland Family Night once a month on Friday nights, usually the last Friday of the month, where we just want to give you an opportunity, one, to fellowship with one another, two, if you're maybe newer to Heartland and or you haven't really got connected in, to build some new friendships, but also to invite friends and loved ones who maybe might not come on a Sunday morning service, but they might come to a Minute to Win It theme night. They might come to a karaoke cafe. They might come to a fall family flannel fest, which we'll plan in October. But they might come to these things, and we don't want to charge. There'll be a donation box, but we don't want to charge. We just want to be a blessing. But that means our ability to do it well will just be on your time, talent, and treasure. And, and I ask unashamedly because I just, I've seen it. I've seen, I've seen families call Heartland home because they came to a day camp. I've seen young people start to attend because they came to a soccer uh, outreach tournament. I've seen, I've seen homes change, and I believe that this is just the beginning, that there's actually, believe it or not, more in store in 2024. Amen? More in store. Now, there's another reason very quickly, why we're doing this. And it's one that we should be no stranger to. We're doing it because we believe God has more in store for those who open the door. When I first read Hebrews, and I read that passage that said, hey, by, by opening the door, you could be unknowingly entertaining angels. I remember when I first read that, I thought, oh boy, God's watching me. I better watch out. I better not cry. And I better open that door, I'm telling you why, because he might say, but that's how I thought about it. I, that's how I thought about it, right? I, I, I could have kept going, but I thought it would be too corny. Uh, that's how I thought about it. And if I, as, I was, as I was thinking about my past misinterpretation, I was talking to a congregant friend of mine, and, uh, and they were just sharing with me that as they work from home, their company has all these work-from-home monitoring initiatives and devices and techniques. Anyone have this? Like, apparently, some companies will monitor the movement of your mouse. 
No, you see, you see that obviously not your company. There's other people who are not laughing. And they'll, they'll monitor the keyboard strokes. They'll, get, they'll, catch, they'll, they'll find phrases like, you know, party. Like, what? I, and I actually know someone, this happen, is happening to them. There's like, I don't know if it's like a real GPS device, but it's a work laptop, and they know where it is in real time on the planet. Because you work in Mississauga, not Maui. <laughs> and so they want to monitor you. And so as I'm reading, you know, Hebrews, I thought, okay, well, maybe that's what's going on. That God wants to, you know, do not neglect to show hospitality to strangers, for thereby some have entertained angels unawares. And I'm so glad that I researched a little bit more. And I hope you're glad I researched a little bit more. Because when you open the door, no mind can fathom what God has in store. Because when God sends angels... He sends them on his behalf to do the impossible. God sent an angel to Israel to give them a cloud by day and a pillar of fire by night. God sent an angel to tell Elijah what to say to a godless government when he didn't have the words. God sent an angel to tell Daniel that your prayers are making a difference in ways you cannot even begin to perceive. God sent an angel to tell Isaiah that you are forgiven and there's a purpose for your life. God sent an angel to Mary to tell her that you have found favor with God. God sent an angel to Joseph to tell him that I know what they're saying, but you and your family are going to make it. God sent an angel to worshipers in prison, setting them free. God sent an angel to female disciples telling them, he's not here, he's risen from the grave. Because when you open the door, no mind can fathom what God has in store for his people. So we open we welcome, we care, we pray, we believe because we know there's more in 2024. Amen? There's more. Come on, amen. There's more. So in closing, what door do you need to open and how do you open it? I can't really answer the what question for you. I don't know your life. I don't know your home context, your work context, your family context, your life context. But you know. You can ask the Holy Spirit. He'll tell you. There's a door that's been creeping more and more closed over these past couple of years, and you know it. But when it comes to the how question, that actually is a little bit more simpler for a pastor like me to answer. And so in closing, here's three hows. Real simple. Ready? Invest, invite, enjoy. Invest your time, your talent and treasure. He's gifted you with all those things. And I say it unashamedly. Change your schedule. Get involved. Change your priorities. Get involved. Well, I don't know if I can give. You can't afford not to give. See if God does not open up the floodgates of heaven over your life, over your family, over your church. Invest. Be a part of the miracle that is literally unfolding all around us. And then invite. 
All these great initiatives, whether it's family nights and whether it's uh, our, you know, our unique services we do for Easter and for, uh, and for Christmas, whether it's our Taste of the Nations, whether it's our summer day camp. I mean, there's too many to name. Invite someone. You know, I always, people always say, well, I don't know how to, how to share the gospel. I don't know what I'm going to say. Well, first off, you should learn how to share the gospel. But, you know, we've made it really easy for you as a church. Just invite. <laughs> we'll take care of some of the food. We'll take care of the fun. If you're like a killjoy, you're not good at parties, we'll take care of that. <laughs> Bring him out to a karaoke cafe. We got auto-tune. You'll sound great, I promise. But it's easy. Invest, invite, but, but enjoy. How do you invite someone, someone to something if you don't enjoy it for yourself? This is the house of the Lord, and you're a child of the king. So this is your house. Do you enjoy your house? Do you enjoy your spiritual family? We are all spiritual brothers and sisters, and we are God's gift to each other. How do you invite somebody to something that you're not enjoying for yourself? And, and I'm going to challenge some of you, maybe some of you watching online as well, that for whatever reason these past couple of years, some of your spiritual rhythms got disrupted and that disruption is threatening to become normalized. Disrupt the disruption and enjoy his house. Enjoy his people because he loves you. He has more in store for you and he wants you to keep putting yourself in places and positions. Yes, church, but, you know, other places as well, your own prayer closet where he can remind you that he's still good. He still loves you. And so I'm going to ask you to stand today. So go ahead, stand. If you're watching online, you can stand too. We're going to sing that closing song, There's Joy in the House of the Lord. And I want you to watch them. I want to see a little bit of sway. Just a little bit. Just a little bit. You can clap on the twos and fours. One. Yeah. Well, you know, we're not gonna, I'm not going to throw a random song at you. Remember that song, I got the joy, 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 joy down it. You know why you got it there? He put it there. He put it there. And if you don't got enough, he'll put more there. All this stuff we do, it's the overflow of what he has done and is doing in our lives. So they're going to play. Sound guy, you can crank up the volume. And look, you got to move. And the movement is just the symbol that you've received, that he's still doing good things. And we want to walk in those good things from January all the way to December into eternity. Amen, church? Amen. Amen. Let's worship, church. Come on. God who
pray that the God of endurance and encouragement may grant you that you may live in harmony and worship God with one voice. And, and you know what I love about why it, it calls God the God of endurance and encouragement? It, it, it comforts me because I know that that encouragement, that joy, that endurance doesn't come from me, but it comes from him within me. And so maybe you're in a context where you're like, well, pastor, that sounds great, but my life is in the dumps. I've got no reason to have joy. I've got no endurance. Perfect. The God of endurance and encouragement will grant you. He will, he will be in you and strengthen you from the inside out with his everlasting love, mercy, and grace. That the strength that we walk in is not our own. It's his. The joy that we walk in is not our own. Our joy, our happiness, while I'm thankful for it, is very fleeting. His joy is eternal. And so may, may God, may the God of encouragement and endurance grant you that same encouragement and endurance that you may strive to be in harmony, to worship God in unity, and to see all that he does in you, through you, and over you in 2024. And in Jesus' name. And everyone said? Amen. 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 Well, the Lord bless you. Stick around, grab some coffee. The team will keep leading us, and we'll see you next week. In the middle